Chapter Seventeen of the Witches of New York by Q. K. Philander Dostics. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen treats of the peculiarities of several witches in a single batch. Chapter Seventeen: A Batch of Witches. The fortune tellers so elaborately described in the foregoing chapters are by no means the only ones in New York engaged in that lucrative occupation. There are several others who were visited by the individual, but who in their surroundings approach so nearly to those already set down, that a detailed description of each would necessarily be a somewhat monotonous repetition. So the prophecy only of each one is here writ down, with a few words suggestive of the character of the immediate neighborhood, leaving the imaginative reader to fill up the blank himself or to turn back to some foregoing chapter for a picture of a similar locality, if he prefers it ready-made to his hands. Madame de Bellini, number 159, Forsyth Street. For the benefit of those not familiar with the streets of New York, it is perhaps well to mention that Forsyth Street is a dirty thoroughfare, two streets east of the Bowery, and that it is filled for the most part with small groceries, junk shops, swill milk dispensaries, and stalls for the sale of diseased vegetables and decaying fruit, and that the inhabitants are mostly delegates from Africa, and from the Green Isle of the Sea. Immediately adjoining the domicile of Madame de Bellini is a filthy little vegetable store, and on the opposite corner is an equally filthy Irish grocery, where are dispensed swill milk and poisoned whiskey. The residence of the Madame is a low two-story brick house, of rather better appearance than many of its neighbors, which are principally wooden buildings with those old-fashioned peculiar roofs, with little windows close under the cornice, which makes a house look as if it had had its hat knocked over its eyes. Madame de Bellini is a Dutchwoman of very large dimensions, being a two-hundred-and-fifty-pounder at the lowest estimate. Like most fat women, she is good-natured and smiling. She is apparently thirty-five years old, of pleasant manners, somewhat embarrassed by the difficulties she has in communicating her ideas in English, and is much neater in person and dress than the majority of ladies in the same line of business. She would be a popular barmaid at a large beer saloon, and would preside over the fortunes of the sausage and Swiss cheese table, with eminent success and satisfaction to the public. She welcomed the cash customer in a jolly sort of way, introduced him to her private apartment, and seated him on a chair at one side of the little table, while she bestowed herself on a stool opposite. Having ascertained that he did not speak German with sufficient fluency to carry on an animated conversation in that tongue, or to comprehend a rapidly spoken discourse delivered therein, she was compelled to ventilate her English which she did, beginning as follows. I speak not very much good English. I speak German and French, but no good English. The individual, with his usual caution, inquired how much she proposed to charge for her services. She responded thus, I tell your fortune, fear ein toller, or I can tell your fortune, fear ein half toller. Fifty cents worth was enough to begin with. So she took his left hand in her huge fist, and as a preliminary operation, squeezed it till he gave it up for lost. 
and in the intervals of his suffering hastily ran over in his mind the various ways in which one-handed people get a living then she relented and did not deprive him of that useful member but said you have good hand very good hand your hand gives you good fortune you was born under good planet very nice planet you have very nice fortune you have much rich very great monish you have seen troubles trouble very much troubles more troubles you have seen as you will see some more that is you shall not have so many troubles pie and pie as you have had long ago for you have good planet you will journeys make much in future future years you will have two wives and much kinders children and your future years and you will be very much happy and pleasant meet your wife what you shall have your first time but not so much happy and pleasant meet your wife what you shall have der two time but you shall very much monish have in der forter years she then released the hand of her visitor who was very glad to get it back again and took up a pack of cards which she manipulated in the customary style and then said your carts run vera nice you have good carts here is a shentleman's as is vera good to you he is great friends mit you here is a letter vot you shall become to you write always vera soon it is good news to you you must do just vat das letter says here is a brown girls vat loves loves you vera much but you do not love stats girls so much as das girls love you you will not be der wife of das girl for there is another girls vot you loves pretty bad und you will marry her she is pretty good girls und you will be happy you will hof lots of kinders mit das girl das girls half a man now vos loves her vera much he is what you call das soldier he loves her much but he shall not have her you shall have das girls here is a great man was will be good friend to you he is vera great man a big king not vas you call dor konig but your big mans your vos is das your president de president bees good friends mit you here is dark mans he is no good friend mit you und you must keep away from das dark mans this was all the information she appeared to derive from this pack which were ordinary playing cards so she laid them aside and took up the regular fortune-telling cards which are covered with various mysterious devices these did not seem to communicate anything of very special importance in addition to what she had already said for she examined them closely and then merely summed up as follows good fortune good planet good wives plenty monish much kinder not more troubles in der future years big friends president much friends with you live long ninety-nine years before you die leave fortune to wife und tut kinder the individual was curious to inquire wherein the fifty-cent dose he had received differed from the fortunes for which she charged ein tollar and he received the following information for ein dollar i gives you a charm as you fares on your necks und it gives you good luck forever und you never gets drowned und you lives long whiles und you bees rich und vera much happy 
the madam was also good-natured enough to exhibit one of these powerful charms to her customer it was a piece of parchment originally about four inches square but which had scalloped on the edges and otherwise cut and carved on it were inscribed in german several cabalistic words this potent document was to be always worn next to the heart madame de bellini has been in new york but a year or two she speaks french and german and is taking lessons in english from an american lady she has many customers mostly german and as in the case of all the other witches the greatest majority of her visitors are women madame le bond number one seventy five hudson street the house in which this woman was sojourning at the time of the visit hereinafter described is a boarding-house and the room of the madam is the back parlor on the second floor the individual was received at the door by a short greasy dirty man about forty years of age who invited him into the front parlor to wait until the madam was disengaged this man who is an ignorant half imbecile person passes for the husband of the fortune teller and is known as dr le bond he is a man of peculiar appearance the top of his head is perfectly bald and the fringe of hair about the lower part of it is twisted into long corkscrew ringlets that fall low down on his shoulders he informed the customer that the madam was then engaged but he seemed undecided about the exact nature of her present employment he first said she was tellin the future for a young gal then she was engaged with a literary man then a dry goods merchant wanted to find out if his head clerk didn't drink but finally he said that madame l is a eaten of her dinner after some ingenious drawing out the doctor vouchsafed the subjoined statement of his business prospects we seen the time when we hadn't fifteen minutes a day on account of a young gal's a-comin for to have their fortune told we used to be busy from mornin till ten and eleven o'clock at night a-tellin fortunes and a-doctorin but now we don't so much cause the young gals don't like to come to a boardin house where the young men can see em specially in the evenin we's too public here the young men a-boardin here likes for to have the young gals come they likes for to see em in the parlor but the young gals won't come so much cause we's too public we'll have to get another house on account of business i don't get so much doctorin to do as i used to cause we's too public i have doctored lots of folks principally young fellers and young gals and i can do it right if you ever get into any trouble you'll find me and my wife all right you can come to us we mean to be all right and to give everybody the worth of their money and we is all right by this time madame le bond had finished her dinner and was waiting in the back parlor she is a fat slovenly-looking woman forty years old or more having no teeth and taking prodigious quantities of snuff which gives her enunciation some peculiar characteristics when the individual first beheld her she was standing in the middle of the floor picking her teeth she requested her visitor to take a seat and to pay her half a dollar with both of which requests he complied she then put into his hand the end of a brass tube about an inch in diameter and a foot long and said give me the type of your birth as dear as possible this was done and the following brief dialogue ensued was you boarded to boarding i really don't remember 
Do you have Betty dreams? I do not dream much. Did you don't have bad dreams? No. Did you was bored in the boarding? By which mysterious word she probably meant morning. She then continued, You are a pretty keen spart chap, sharp in business, but dot good is speculations, and you should confide your attentions to business. If you keep on as you are going now, ad works hard, and don't mix it with bad company, and is oddest, and don't spend your buddy, you will be rich. You will travel much, you will travel much, but your travels is hardly begun. There is a long journey at sea now before you, and you will start on this journey most unexpectedly. You will always be lucky, and will be very rich. I don't say nothing to flatter Dobud. Lots of fellows and gals come here, and I tell them all just what I see. If I see bad luck, I tell them so. But yours is all good luck, and I see lots of it for you. You have had bad luck lately, but you will get over your bad luck, for you are a pretty smart chap, and have got a good deal of ambition, and you go ahead pretty well. You will bury a gal, a gal as you have seen, but don't know. Very well, she is a yard gal, and a rich gal, and a good-looking gal. You will not bury her for some time, but you will bury her at last. She has a bow, and you will likely have some trouble with him. But you will get the gal at last. The gal has light hair and blue eyes, and I could show her to you if you would like to see her. Of course the visitor liked to see her, so he was directed to clasp the brass tube in his right hand, and placed his hand over the top. Then she stepped behind his chair, and began to go through with some extraordinary manual exercises on his head. She felt of the bumps, she squeezed his head, punched it, jerked it from side to side, and twisted it about in every possible direction. What was the object and intention of this performance she did not disclose, but when she had kneaded his unfortunate skull to her satisfaction, she bade him step to the window and look into the tube. This he did, and he saw a very dingy-looking daguerreotype of a fair-haired damsel with blue eyes, who bore, of course, not the most distant resemblance to any lady of his acquaintance. Then the fat madam had a charm to sell, to be worn about the neck, and never taken off, in which case it would secure for the wearer good luck for ever. The individual declined to purchase and departed, meeting at the door the curly doctor, who once again offered his medical services in case the stranger ever got into trouble, and who once assured that person with an air of mystery that me and my wife is all right. Yes, you may depend, we is all right, we is. Madame Marr and Madame de Gore, number 176, Varick Street. These two eminent sorceresses are in partnership, and drive a tolerably fair trade. They advertise in the papers, one week the heading being Madame Marr, assisted by Madame de Gore, then the next week it will be Madame de Gore, assisted by Madame Marr, and the profits of the business are shared in the same impartial manner. The house, number 176, is in the worst part of Varick Street, and the room occupied by the pair of witches is over a boot and shoe store, and a pawnbroker's shop is directly opposite. The room is a small parlor, neatly though plainly furnished, and with no professional implements visible. 
when the inquirer made his call madame de gore was engaged in the kitchen in her various household duties and madame mar attended to his call she is a tall and rather pleasing woman neatly dressed and of quiet manners she secured a dollar in advance and then led her customer into a little closet-like room furnished only with a small table and two chairs she then announced that she is a phrenologist and exhibited a plaster bust with the bumps scientifically marked out and also some phrenological charts and other publications she proceeded to give the character of her visitor in the unusual mode of phrenological examinations after which she prophesied as follows you were born between jupiter and mars with such stars you can never be unlucky for although you have seen trouble it is past your luck runs in threes and fives that is you are unlucky three years in succession and lucky the five years following you are never very unlucky but you do not do so well in your third house as in your fifth house you could not be unlucky in your fifth house if you tried you have now two months to run in your third house then comes on your fifth house just now your life seems to be under a cloud but after two months you will come out bright and will enjoy five years of clear sunshine and you will then be very wealthy you will have more money then than you ever will again though you will always have plenty your wealth runs fourteen at the end of five years after that runs thirteen and a half which is very wealthy you will marry a young girl wealthy and beautiful you will raise two daughters but you will never have a large family you will be the father of many children but your family will never be more than two children you will go in business with a very wealthy southern man his wealth runs fourteen he has two sons and a daughter you will marry the daughter though you will be opposed by the father and one son but the other son will stick by you you will live with that wife twenty-five years then she will die and you will travel with your two daughters you will go to europe in england you will marry a french widow your two daughters will marry well and at seventy-two or seventy-three years old you will die leaving a widow two daughters and a large fortune madame de gore did not make her appearance at all and after madame mar had failed to induce her visitor to pay her an extra dollar for a phrenological chart she politely showed him out madame lane number one fifty nine mulberry street this distinguished lady lives in a dirty dilapidated mansion at the corner of grand and mulberry streets the cash customer was admitted by the madame herself who desired him to be seated for a few minutes until she had concluded her business with a boy of seventeen years old who had called to find out what would be the winning numbers in the next georgia lottery two dirty-faced children were playing about the room making a great noise one corner of the room was fenced off with rough boards forming a narrow closet in which two people could with some difficulty sit down this was the astrological chamber the mystic room into which visitors were conducted to have their fortunes told madame lane is of the irish breed is red-haired freckled and dirty to a degree her dress was ragged showing a soiled dingy petticoat through the rents she seated her customer in the little room producing a pack of cards and proceeded to tell his future at times shouting out threats and words of warning to the noisy brats outside then she said 
you are a man as has seen a great deal of trouble in the past it will be noticed that this is almost a universal remark with the witches probably because it is a perfectly safe thing to assert of any person in the world yes you have seen trouble in the past not real trouble such as sickness or losses in business but still trouble and your mind has been going this way and that way and t'other way but now all your troubles and disappointment is past and your mind won't go this way and that way any more stop that noise you brats or i'll beat you this to the children your cards run lucky cause you were born under jupiter and folks as is born under jupiter will always be lucky in business in love and in everything they undertake if your business sometimes goes this way and that way and t'other way it will all come out all right for when a man is born under jupiter he must be all right in his business and in his love and in his marriage and in his children young ones stop that noise or i'll beat you black and blue you have had sickness lately and your mind has been going this way and that way and t'other way but you need not worry for it will be all right soon children stop that row or clear right out of the kitchen now mind i tell you i see a girl here that loves you very much but you don't love her and won't marry her but you will marry another girl with black whiskers no i mean the feller that is courtin her has got black whiskers and i fear you will have trouble with black whiskers if you are not careful the girl has got black hair and is miserable because you don't write to her i'm comin after you young ones there with a raw hide and i'll cut the skin off your backs you will marry this gal and you will be very happy and will have three children which will be joys to you children i'll come and kill you in two minutes and you will always be prosperous in your business and you will be very rich and you will live to be eighty-five years old now you can cut the cards and make a wish and i will tell you if it will come true yes your wish will come true because you have cut the knave and queen and king if you'd like a speedy marriage with the gal i told you of i'll fix it for you for fifty cents extra children if you don't shut up i'll come and beat you blind the individual invested a half dollar as requested and received in return a white powder with these instructions you will burn that powder just before you get into bed and if you see the gal to-night you won't see no change in her but she will be changed to-morrow she is kinder down on you now but she loves you though her mind is kinder this way and that way but she will be changed toward you to-night by what i will do after you are gone the customer departed leaving this fond mother engaged in an active skirmish with the two children both of whom finally escaped into the street with great howlings madame lane does a good business she says that in pleasant weather she has from twenty-five to fifty calls a day mostly women but in bad weather not more than fifteen or twenty and these of the other sex many of these come only to learn lucky numbers for lottery gambling and policy playing End of chapter 17